I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Maybe this will be my year, maybe it won't, but it definitely was not my round one for the taking. The long wait finally over and the pixels on our screen once again being yelled at. But it feels bloody good to be back, I tell you. Uh, my name's Alex and tonight I'm joined by my esteemed Supercoach Talk colleague, JT. JT, how are we going? Esteemed, mate. I'm very surprised with that introduction given how bad I went last week. But no, I'm good. I'm glad to have handed the reins over. It's a lot more casual. I can just sit here. Having a few beers, reminiscing about what was a pretty ordinary first round. We'll get into that. Exactly. Maybe I'm just building you up to cut you down because that's likely what's happening uh, given we're going to talk about our uh, round one outcomes. So how was your kind of weekend? How was I saw you at the game, the Dolphins-Roosters game. looked like you were having a great time, but did the game change that for you? No, I really liked it. Um, I did probably not like your sort of creeper photo from afar. We were, what, two sections away from each other. So getting the, um, yeah, my ugly mug halfway through that game put a bit of a downer. But no, I thought it was great. Love being at the game. Forgot to super coach for a little while. I just caught up in Finn Mania. Um, you, I mean, you would have seen, and were you one of them, the people doing shoeys out of the Finns? Oh, the, the, the Finnies. Mm, the Finnies. Yeah. I, mean, I was waiting for something. Oh, that was right in front of me, but there you go. How good oh, Phoenix? I, I didn't know if that if well, I didn't know what was better, the Finneys or Jared Wallace doing a shoey out of his boot after the game. Poor <laughs> water though, wasn't it? Oh, Matt, or vodka. You know, I, I don't know if they can disclose that, but either way, it was bloody good to be at that game. Pretty, pretty historic, I'd say. It was no, I didn't see that one coming at all. Set on the Sunday wrap, like you just sat there almost stunned in that second half, watching them pile it on. You just thought the Chooks would come back, but what a great advertisement for rugby league. Forget Supercoach or Rugby League. I'd love to forget Supercoach at this point in time. <laughs> I would love to. I don't know you would too. How was your uh, round one Supercoach-wise? Yeah, yeah, look, I mean, a lot of uh, probably things that didn't go the way of the team, probably starting out with Jermaine Hopgood not being in my starting 17, but 949 and 74,000th. But um, I'm sort of held afloat a little bit by you telling me last year you were 90,000th, I think, after one yeah, round. 91 91k and a finished top 200. There you go. So, I mean, there's hope for us all and we'll get into it a bit later, but a big call to make now if you're like me in the doldrums or you're sailing pretty high as to what you do with the trades. So, uh, what about you? I know you did, well, you did start the pot off with a bit of a, a downer, but I think you did a, a little bit better than me. Uh, I'd maybe a tiny bit better, but I still wouldn't call it a good round by any means. I finished just over a thousand at about a thousand and eleven. Um, started off pretty well with the likes of Welch, Grant, and Hopgood coming out and basically smashing it. I've gone a few potter outs in the first round as well with Alex Johnston, Xavier Coates, uh, Daniel Saifidi, of course, the main front rower in the squad and everyone's squad, I would assume. But uh, they didn't pay off <laughs> round one, but I'm holding strong. Um, I'm not the type. Oh, 
considering last year I started with Dylan Brown and Joseph Manu and I didn't have either of them by round three, I'm holding strong with my players this year. So I definitely look to potentially hold early. But again, we'll dig into that a bit more later. Round one, what mainly went wrong for yourself? You did mention you didn't play hop good. What else in your team didn't work for you? Oh, it's just players that didn't really kick on. If I look down, Brian Toto, I thought he was left edge material. They kept him on the right, and in a pretty dour game against the Bronx, he scored 43. So as the highest price center wing by far, I thought that was a bit of a letdown. Uh, Remus Smith, similar story, like didn't get much going at all against Parramatta and a, a bit of a grinding affair. Played Khan Pereira, as so many of us did, for his number oh. five points. Uh, Matty Burton, I went expensive in my halves and didn't go Katoa, so Burton's 18 points, horrible. Uh, Utoikamanu, 38, pretty basic error as well in that. Brandon Smith, 38, your pillar, for, pillar to post, he was knocked around. Like, just guys underperforming. Um, and it won't happen every single week, obviously, and they're relatively the annoying thing is that these are mid-range, high-priced kind of players. They're not your cheapies outside of Camperera. The guys that you expect more out of. And so, like you said, um, just wash away the pain of round one and move on to next week. Yeah, I think the one thing that we can take under our wings with round one is that it was a real low-scoring round across the board. So even the the series teams, like you look at the team that won, they had about seven NPRs on the bench that will never play. That team will be done by round 10. All out of the teams that will be there at the end of the season, around the top 1K mark, there's probably a 200-point gap between you and them or between mm. me and them. So I've, there's really not a lot of negatives I will take out of round one uh, in regards to seasons being over, things like that. Uh, for myself, um, Daniel Saifidi, 52, I'll take that. Brandon Smith, like I said, 38, had the HIA. With Radley gone, he had to play a lot of lock, which he wasn't initially suited for because his body type is about 10 kilos lighter than when he was <laughs> playing at lock. Jerome Hughes scored the 43, but I didn't buy him for that round one fixture. It was more for the run from now onwards, so I'm okay with that. Uh, Teddy, as my captain, was a big letdown. I did have it on Dewey all weekend, but I was at the game like we talked about, and as I saw Teddy warming up and everyone around me, like all screaming that Teddy's having a huge one here. Even my dad next to me going, he's going 150 for sure. I got FOMO. <laughs> I told you, mate. It's that being at the ground and you oh, get lured in. It's very tough. Yeah, he looked okay. I would say watching him live, not a lot went his way, a couple of drop balls and that kind of thing. It was an They completed at ball. 62%. There's not much he can do there. The fact he nabbed no. a 50 out of that, he almost doubled his last year's round one score and he was my captain then. So I'll take it, I guess. <laughs> there you go. What went right, mate? We, we have spoken about it. I mean, for me, just to cut you off quickly there, uh, you did mention Jerome Hughes. I must say that my pick of Jamal Fogarty went... Absolutely gangbusters comparatively, so we'll take that round one dub. And your apology? Is this a jug bet, I hear? Uh, I mean, We're the getting jug rid bet. of the steak bets. Jug <laughs> bets will actually be paid up. Steak bets <laughs> won't be. Jug bets will be. Although, you know, we should probably lay off the jugs because we actually forget what we said in the preseason. You and I had a, <laughs> a bet we've now got to go back and listen to uh, to work out. We reckon it's Reese Robson v. Jaden Braley, um, which, again, I came out on top of in that little one there. So a couple of little wins for JT there. And that, that's probably about where you can, the good... You can take those wins, but Thank you. you still didn't crack a 1,000. Well, there you go. So that, you take yeah. whatever wins you can get, I guess. Yeah, what, what worked right for me, playing Jermaine Hopgood, obviously. Hmm. Um, Harry Grant and Christian Welch, I was very happy with. That, that Grant 
last minute try was a huge savior but even then he had about 60 to 65 in base base attack so regardless he wasn't scoring terribly that game uh cam murray who i've been pretty hot on all preseason 84 with the try assist thank god for that and i managed last second to go to turbo i had latrell in my team all preseason talked him up then the last minute had that aj pod so i kind of hedged latrell with alex johnston um, a 40 without a try for Alex Johnson. I will take that every day of the week. Just means he's due for a hat trick uh, next week. And Turbo getting the 97. Obviously, I wish I captained him, but you can only do what you can do. And mm. what about yourself? What do you feel went right for you? Yeah, I mean, not a hell of a lot. I think Reese Robson getting him up in the, the wing rotation really liked his kicking game. He had a little crafty grubber at the yeah. line there for points. Doesn't do that a lot. So, um, you know, mildly pleased. About that, I did go Adam Dewey. You know, the annoying thing is that a lot of the good things I did, everyone else did as well, pick turbo and that kind of thing. Um, but, I mean, really, for a 940, not, not a hell of a lot went right. But um, building blocks, bigger and better yeah. things. Now, as you look at your team as a whole and the team structure, are you happy with it from this point onwards or are you looking to potentially use some trades? How are you feeling about it as a uh, kind of overall? I mean, overall, it's it's very hard to judge a side off one game. And we say that every time, like, you know, you get people going nuts with rage trading and trying to fix uh, what didn't go right. But it's a sample size of one week. And you think all off season about these players coming in and what they're good with. And as you said, not every round one matchup is fantastic and you move on to other weeks. So for me, I mean, there's there were good signs in there. Um, guys like Tarpanay got 57 in um, a pretty dour kind of or in terms of weather um oh, kind terrible. of game for him was, yeah, he looked he looked gas but i mean he's still you know throwing offloads getting plenty of tackles that kind of thing so there's there's signs there i don't think i got anything you know critically wrong so a must fix straight away and no injuries so for me it's just a you know remain calm you're seventy thousandth, but as you said in the space of a week you can turn things around so structurally barring any injuries here which i don't seem to have pen out of teamless Tuesday I think I'm going okay I think I yeah, can rest for a little absolutely. week absolutely oh that's it it's more about team structure and keeping your place healthy and not burning just stupid trades early uh, natural order will start to take place after five and six rounds so as long as you're holding strong through that period make sure you're getting the cash gen correctly and you know even captaincy picks things like that correctly early on huge benefit Actually, can I just can I ask you, how did you rate your cheapy? So a lot of those bench guys, say Mawale, Kepi, I mean, I've, I've sort of glossed over those people in Dury. Um, but in terms of who you reckon you got right in that sort of cheapy uh, level, yeah, was absolutely. there anyone that you feel like you missed out on? I think I got very lucky in that regards because Kepi has been my fifth second rower for a few weeks now, basically since he was named locked in the second trial. And up until he was named on the bench about an hour before the game and Josh Alloway was named to start, I flicked him and I got in uh, Preston for the dog's bench. So just kind of as a second row nuffy, but hopefully nab some minutes and points off the bench, which he did with the 25. I'll take that. And I flicked Pele for Mowali. Um, and I got really lucky with that because Mowali was named to start and banged out a 42. So I do think I was quite lucky in that regards. Um, Dury played a really, really solid NRL game. Supercoach-wise didn't translate, but I think his performance in that game NRL-wise will keep him in that big-minute role for the Eels. So I'm quite thankful to have him as well. Um, mm. With center wing, there's not there's not a whole lot happening there. Camperera, five points. We all knew he was going to be rocks and diamonds, but I think we hold strong with him for the time being. He'll eventually make money. He'll eventually score tries. 
Alamotti 22, but the dogs just look absolutely terrible. Not really. I'm not looking to move any of those guys on. Warbrick with a 30, you take that in base. They didn't really look to him the whole night in attacking sense. Um, it's quite tough with the Eels as well. That's, that's a tough matchup. They kind of stand up for those type of games. They lose to the types of Tigers and Dragons rather mm. than Storm and Panthers. But no, I overall, I'm quite happy with my cheapies. Isaiah Katoa, obviously the 42. Um, he was he was really impressive. And he could even be a play at some point depending on matchups. But yeah, I, I was quite happy with my cheapies, I'd say. You know who I'm annoyed about missing is the Cardi Party. We talk about him all the time in this pod. He's a favourite. He's a fan favourite or a you know, podcaster favourite on the SC Report. Anyhow, we just glossed over him. 235k and he goes and puts out 80 minutes or 84 with Golden Point. Does his usual Cardi Party stuff. 60 points. I mean, geez, a, he was right in front of our very eyes and I didn't trust it. So there you go. My one big no, regret, okay I didn't go to the party. I'm okay to miss him. <laughs> I think Dory keeps that spot kind of long-term this season, whereas Cardi... Probably goes in the next couple of weeks for Sean Lane when he returns. There you go. What a party pooper you are, Alex. I'm, I'm fine with that. It's not 2016 anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, in fairness, he hasn't quite lost it. I still remember against us in the final last year, he threw a couple of good passes and all that. So anyway, like, he's the party. It's a meme kind of play. But yeah, it would have actually made something salvageable out of last week. But anyway, move on. Yeah, well, my idea with team structure and use of trades this week is just to hold firm. You pick these guys to start the year uh, and, and you don't lose it over one round. So players, the pods that you start with, a lot of people who were in the same camp as me started with Alex Johnson, who's about 7 or 8% owned, don't lose faith so early. Give it another week. Um, it only really, I, I'd only look to really trade this week if there were major injuries um, or if roles that you weren't expecting to kind of come to fruition. So, for example, I started with Luke Garner. Um, I was just kind of hoping he got that big minute role for Penrith. Didn't really work out. Now I'm debating whether or not he's the trade out. But other than that, I'm, I'm just going to hold the squad as is and just keep trucking through and getting the right cash gen players for next round. Are you boosting next week, do you reckon? I'd like not to, and that's the big mental debate I'm having at the moment. It's, if I trade Garner out, it's I'm... I'm cashing him down to someone and then using that cash next week to not boost. But mm. it depends with whether a target is uh, actually viable or not. And that's what I'm debating heavily at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally don't mind the the boost play. You get a two-week window to see, um, you know, who can back up a good round one or who can back up a poor one. So guys like Garner and that, you know, sort of on last chance saloon, as you said, if they continue with what is a, a sort of low-minute role, then easy Easy flip on and, and that kind of thing. And you'll get guys that'll go big this week and have a huge negative break even, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah if it's cashed in. But again, like Xavier Coates last year was that one for me. So I've tried to jump on at the completely wrong time. Uh, he was skyrocketing <laughs> in value. I reckon I saw one price rise and then it was a, just a crash, a market crash, big time. And, you know, I, just, I got itchy fingers, got him in and basically ruined him. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things I think depending on how your side goes this week um, and where you're placed, merit in the in the boost. But again, short-term cash grabs, they haven't worked out for me well in the past. Yeah, Xavier, I actually started with him this year. Um, it was kind of between Ghana and uh, Eli Katoa and then a center wing of someone like Isaac Thompson. But I did manage to go Xavier Coates. I really liked the storm run. What really convinced me with Xavier Coates was that uh, Isaac Lumi was named. So I thought maybe he'd stroll over for a few and Coates had an incredible base. So he only played maybe 60 minutes and he got 38 with a line break. 
Whereas Coates before, if he plays 60 minutes and has one line break, he's probably on 10 points. Hmm. Whereas he got almost 30 in just pure base. He was running running every every hit up, basically. He was all over it. And I was loving what I was seeing. And we'll touch on it a bit more later, but the fact his name this week, I don't know if I'm fully buying it, and it makes me a bit nervous. But, again, we will touch on that when we go through the teams a bit later on. Yeah, there, there were so many when I um, looked at the team lists and did the analysis this evening. I thought, you know, it's going to be a, a nightmare because there's a, that many players have picked up injuries and concussions and all that. But it seemed to be a few players that have just been named and maybe they're placeholders, at least for your game in, in terms of coats. It's uh, relatively early um, in the week. Oh, sorry, no, it's not. I'm thinking of the um, the Latrell Mitchell news. But, um, you know, there's a few guys there that look like, you know, they're TBAs. A lot of smoke and mirrors possibly Mm. as well. It seems like a lot of games are being played, uh, coaches doing guessing work and keeping the other team on their toes basically. Yep. So shout out to Adam Stiles. Follow that man on Twitter. He's a godsend and Wacko and all those other guys. Uh, Just for that news, especially throughout the week, like it's just you need to be on your game in Supercoach, unfortunately. And just finally, a quick shout out to Lakey, our boy. Um, So in taking over the team list analysis from him tonight, I can see how hard that man worked. Uh, before coming oh, on to yeah. the, do these pods with me every single Tuesday and you know putting himself through that grind, but writing that article genuinely took two two and a bit hours of my life, and I've worked harder on that than I ever did on any work, actual work that I get paid for in the last probably Jesus, three years. You're right. So Lakey, he, he's uh, taken a bit of a step back on in terms of Supercoach to deal with some stuff. So we're wishing him all the best. Uh, love him to death and love what he's done for us on the site here in the pod. We miss him and are hoping he, um, yeah, can come back shortly and, uh, you know, resume these pods, resume the articles because, boy, we I need his help. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we all do. I can't I'm, ride this Daniel Saifidi train on my own. I need some support. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, well, I was going to say I thought this, if Lakey was here, we'd have a 10-minute reserve spot for Kalen Ponga and it would be how good he was and also how rubbish the independent doctor is. So, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it's there in spirit. I can hear him. In the, in the back of my head, uh, blowing up. Yep, I feel you, mate. That damn doctor stopped Ponga from getting 150, um, <laughs> as, as did CNK. Great defensive effort. But um, no, uh, hoping for Lakey's Knights can turn it around because they were pretty, uh, yeah, not great on the weekend. But yeah, give him something to cheer about. Absolutely. Now, just before we go into the kind of round two preview and go through each of the team list, the big ins and outs, there are a couple of big names missing going into round two. Um, the likes of Cameron Munster, uh, obviously the by players with Manly, with Trebojevic, uh, Ruben Garrick out. What are you kind of making of those and, and the players who own them? Is there any moves that you think they should be making initially or holding tight uh, in regards to Cam Munster mainly because a lot of people went to him after Hines was ruled out? Uh, I mean, no, I don't think um, they're such high-priced players, these kind of guys. So Manly, just you know, ignore if you've gotten lucky enough to have one of them in your side or multiple, you just keep them around. It's one week. But a guy like Cam Munster is probably an interesting call, and I think the fact he's at 5'8", where it's a relatively shallow position, suggests that if you paid the money, there's no point turfing him and then bringing him back in a couple of weeks, which I think you're going to do. Look at how he played despite carrying a horrible... Finger oh, it's injury. Awful. Absolutely so, awful. Yeah, it's, it'd be an easy move to make. But again, trades are a premium. This is not a 
must trade. I think was it two two to three weeks he's likely to sit out. I think they said two to four, but he's pretty keen to come back early. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's named next week and they give him up to maybe the captain's run. Like he's mm. very keen to keep playing, but like it, it's early season. They they surely wouldn't want to risk him coming back super early and just re-injuring himself. I mean, at five eighth as well, is there anyone that? Yeah, desperately need to get in for this round and, and next. Anyone that you've seen has an incredible run. I just think it's such a dour kind of position. Uh, I mean, there is one player we've already mentioned that does have a very good run and has the potential to go 150 if the independent doctor let him. <laughs> well, the big fella, I mean, he was involved in all the good stuff that the Knights did. So, you know, KP. He in, a, in a game where his team only scored 12 points, he still managed a 70-point game. Hmm. But, I mean, just how big is that concussion stuff going to be? It's not going to be a one-off, and I feel like it's just going to be a recurring issue for him throughout the season. Not going to NRL's come out and said they're not taking a step back with this stuff. So, yeah, it's a headache, that, and, and no pun intended, that you don't need. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I think if I've, I've said to a few people, because they've all asked me, what am I doing with Munster? Uh, I've got to move them around. They have Katara at halfback. I think the best bet would probably be to bring someone like Jerome Hughes or Kalen Ponger in for the short term, just because I know that Munster wants to come back early and they've given a two to four week uh, time span, but we don't know if he's going to be back in two weeks. And I don't know if that's enough. Like That's almost 900K keeping on your bench. And Hines is mm. now, they've said out till at least round five. He's got the buy in round six, so you wouldn't really be looking at him until round seven onwards. I think that's someone you would probably move on. So I think I'd... I'd Kind of opposite take to yourself here. Uh, I would look to move Munster onto someone you would hold until you can upgrade to Hines. Mm. I mean, yeah, in fairness, playing it safe sometimes doesn't always work out because we see these players end up outside or off the field for longer. But it's not a, a structural issue with him or anything like that. It's just purely a finger that you know, would like to think would heal up by that time and not cause him any longer or longer-term issues. So, I mean, fair, if you're willing to burn a couple of trades on short-term gains and hopefully they work out for you then i guess go for it but just think fast forward yourself in in 20 weeks time or whatever you burn two trades doing this move to get monster in and out whatever are you going to regret that at the back end as we always do see i i I feel like if you trade monster out now you're trading someone in to target heinz not to get monster back Okay. So Munster's maybe someone you get after the Origins are all finished uh, and not look to at early season. Obviously, Adam Dewey's kind of holding it on his own at the 5'8 position. Maybe Munster isn't the must-have like he has been in previous years. You open it up a freshie. I am, mate. We've talked for <laughs> 21 minutes on round one that I wanted to forget, so I need well, Fair enough. Maybe that's time for us to uh, take a quick break. Uh, so look we'll be back in in a minute or so we're going to run through the round two teams uh, talk about our potential trades for next week captain options and who the top traded out and top traded in players are and our thoughts on it all so we'll be right back here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, 
and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Laughter, joy, fun, three words that were not used in my household over the weekend with my <laughs> abysmal score. And I'm sure the same can be said for you with your 950-odd. So let's look to round two. Let's move on from it. Let's not talk about round one again. I say that's that's wasteland now. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Move on. <laughs> Dragons are back, mate. You've got something else to make you miserable. Yeah, look, I enjoyed the round one more than I've enjoyed any round previously, except for the rounds we versed the Broncos when we're like unbeaten in our last six games or something against them. So, yeah, look, I'll, I'm happy our first game back is at least against the Titans at home. It gives us a potential shot, but I'm still not holding out much hope. You sound like the Tigers fans of last week, so... But uh, sorry, we said we won't talk about last week. Moving on. <laughs> what happened last week? I have no idea. Yeah, round two. How good? What do we got? We'll look towards our Thursday night game, the Panthers Rabbitohs. Um, a few, few changes here, and a few that I'm surprised at. Garner stays at second row. Uh, again, as an owner, I'm not sure if I'm happy or not about it. I want a reason to trade him out. I don't want a reason to keep playing him because I'm not certain he gets the the 80 minutes like I'd hoped he would. But he is staying at that second row position. Uh, they've moved Sorensen out for Eisenhuth on the bench. I believe Sorensen copped a head knock or something along the yep. lines. Yeah, so he's out for this game, but he should be back next week. No long-term issues there uh, as such. But yeah, Eisenhuth on the bench for the time being. Maybe that means more minutes for the middle. Maybe uh, the maybe Garner does play the 80 minutes this week. I don't know. It's worth taking the punt on in my eyes. Not other, any other changes there. Uh, I'd look over to the Rabbitohs team. Latrell named. That's a big one. One that I'm not 100% convinced will stay the same. What are your thoughts on Latrell there? Yeah, I mean, you've got Blake Taff, and it's hard to read because he plays 14 every week. But, I mean, he's just a ready-made fix should oh, the, the need arise. But, I mean, and, and in fairness, it's the first game of the round, so you'll get to make that call if you've got him in your side, move him in or out. I suppose, given he's named, you'd be very um, foolish, potentially, to move him on for oh, if, any if reason. If Latrell's playing, you do not remove him at all. Even if he's not, so sorry, if he's out for one week. Um, I mean, he's named, it's a calf issue, I think, so... It will linger, but yeah, it'd be no need to trade him out if he's missing one week. Sure. Does that include if you have turbo as well? Oh, yeah, that's probably a, a conundrum. I guess you take the AE and just go, <laughs> you've got two shots at the captaincy cherry this week, and hopefully none of your Khan Pereira's get five points or something again. Yeah. But for the pl- sake of getting a, a, you know, a healthy player, I'd almost just be tempted to run the, you know, the 16 players plus the auto emerge because, I mean, look at Teddy. What did he get? 50. Are you going to bring him in? See, that's a play I don't actually actually hate. He um, he has the Warriors in Sydney this week. Uh, Teddy, this is. And what I, I said to you this before the pod, and I have a really feel about the Warriors this year, that at home in New Zealand, mm. they'll be a tough side to beat. All the Kiwis will be behind them. There'll be no away fans at all. But when they're away from home, I don't know if they'll be the same side or nearly the same side. I think they could be a team that is run through when they're away from home, but at home, very tough. 
So maybe Teddy is the two-week play here, and then when the buyer comes in round four, you bring him back. Because round three, Roosters, Rabbitohs play each other. Latrell averages about 50, I want to say, against the Roosters. He has a terrible track record, whereas Teddy is completely the opposite, and he has a great record against the Rabbitohs. So I think maybe the play here could be a Teddy for two weeks and then flip him to Latrell. Just love burning your trades. I just love it. Okay. All right. We'll see where we get to at the end of the year. But I mean, these guns that are in this side. There you go. But I mean, I reckon people go the other direction. I'm just trying to have a look at how many are trading Teddy out, but you'll get so many rage traders this week, I find. But as you said, different different ground, different week. Roosters move on. If you do keep Latrell and you have Turbo alongside him, it's a free shot at a loop. Hmm. So another kind of aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, again, all conjecture because he's been named there so we're just presuming that he um or could be a, a late scratching but exactly I mean, and another reason to follow stylesy on twitter have notifications on like i do hmm. shout out stylesy love your work mate what did you reckon about these uh couple of na- well saluka Fafida came from the clouds didn't play a trial and now he's starting prop yeah it's another one i'm not potentially buying uh this happened last week with Mawale on the bench I think that could be a late move I don't see a lot of minutes in Saluka Fafita whether he starts or not I think Mawale is pretty safe with his minutes there uh I don't see Saluka Fafita a buy until at least round four if he does retain that spot but I think Totola should be back next week with the failed HIA yeah kind of yeah threw a bit of a spanner last week because you got Cam Murray playing 80 and you had Joe Arrow uh, off the field as well with injury, so I was hard found it hard to read minutes and stuff. Even though Mawale started last week, I thought it was a bit of a strange game to try and get a read on where all these benches are going to play and that kind of thing. Cheekham playing in starting second row. Cheekham, that kind of yeah, stuff. that's what I was just about to bring up. Who's starting second row again? And I've had a few people message me saying they're pretty interested in him. Played decent minutes, played second row, a decent score, but. Looking at their casualty ward on NRL.com, they've got Host back next week, uh, Arrow back next week, Pella, uh, sorry, uh, Hammy Sele back next week. Those are all forwards, all people that are going to take those minutes. GKM could possibly be out of the 17 come round three. Hmm. That's so definitely it. it's a dangerous game. Oh, hmm. for sure. Not someone to look at super coach wise, uh, unless he's named to start by probably round five, I say. I thought um, Isaac Thompson was a risky play last week because you had Tane Milne coming back this week from suspension. He's been named on the extended. Um, I was off. Thompson didn't end up going him, but I don't know if you people did. Are you worried now that Milne's back? I thought that he'd be straight out, but he's he's still there. I believe that uh, Milne, yes, he was named in the extended bench, but he was also named at centre in New South Wales Cup from memory. So mm. it looks as if they're not actually priming him to take that wing spot, and he's potentially a backup to the centres, probably the wingers as well, and potentially the back row. So I can see him eventually coming onto the bench and just as coverage for a, a number of positions, but it looks like Thompson's got that spot secured, and owners um, definitely prevailed there, and they've got themselves a, a really good base winger in a top four side. And if you don't have him, then he's a target for next week if he scores well this week. As an AJ owner, I didn't we didn't speak about this at the start, but a lot of talk now about how good the right edge for the Bunnies were was. So you had Locke and Ilias playing basically a career game. Campbell Graham off the back of that, um, and you know, sort of AJ not catching a cold, but just doing base stuff weirdly out on the left. So what was your read on that? Is this do you reckon they're going away from Cody Walker and trusting Ilias more? I mean, that's probably uh, not, not ideal for. I'm not sure if I'm concerned yet. Uh, if they do, if they repeat this week, then AJ's gone from my side. But I'm happy to run the gauntlet one more time with him. The fact he got 40 without a try still 
is fantastic to mm. me. I'll take that every day of the week. But if the same thing happens again where they just don't look left at all, then yeah, he's he's gone. He doesn't have the value there in the 713K. Um, there's no points in him there. But at the end of the day, it's still AJ. Like Eventually, they are going to go left. And you'd assume they'd do that this weekend. Last year against Panthers, he scored a 74 and 99. Uh, I, I don't see a reason why he couldn't do that again, especially with how the Panthers have been performing the last few games. No, matchup proof. And again, like it's a one game sample size. So we're, you know, talking up all this stuff and yet we're, you know, need to see what happens in round two. So is this going to keep up? Is Lachlan Ilias a uh, future immortal or is it just one week? Well, that's it. And, and at AJ's price, uh, if he doesn't do well this week, I can flip him to a Valentine Holmes, Ruben Garrick, or go down to someone or maybe down to an Isaac Thompson and use that. <laughs> Three to four hundred k elsewhere in the squad and boost it all up. No, Kyle felt. Mm, look, I I like <laughs> not feeling a lot of pain in my Supercoach team. I suffer enough of it as it uh, is. You can take Petahiku anyway. Eels and sharks. Eels on. and sharks. So Russell comes onto the right wing for the eels. Takes Lumi Lumi's spot as everyone would have expected. Uh, Bryce Cartwright and Matt Dury stay starting in the second row. Again, I think everyone expected that, but mm. minutes are still a bit unknown with Murchie on the bench and Lane to come back in the next few weeks. Uh, Royce Hunt comes onto the bench for the Sharks coming back from injury and Connor Tracy takes the number 17 off Wade Graham. Uh, has been announced Wade Graham did uh, get found guilty and is out, out for the next four weeks. So that means T. Wilton owners have definitely got themselves an 80-minute second rower there. But is he still as valuable as everyone thinks he would be without Hines? That's what I'm a bit unsure of. What's your take there on Wilton? Very lucky last week with that try off the kick. Um, as an owner, pleased to see it. In in fairness, it would have knocked him back from what sixty six to forty nine, effectively. So uh, not the end of the world in what was a pretty well beaten side. And I liked it even with Graham out there. He's still got eighty minutes. Um, I know you think Graham's poison for Super Coach, and the stats sort of uh, point to that. So with him out of the frame for a little while, I think it's good stuff for. For Wilton, and as you said, with Hines coming back, the you know, ceiling rises on, on that return. So a 66 in round one, safe play. I think most people will breathe easy thanks to that try. Would he be a trade target for someone in second no. row, or would you wait on it? No, I mean, I can't think of any scenario where you'd be rushing to get Teague Wilton in uh, until Nico Hines is back. So again, a, a wait and see. You think if he you know floats around that 50 mark without the try, it's definitely not a, a must trade in. But I think for the long-term value, it's definitely... A, uh, a just keep in mind. Yeah, no, I definitely agree there. And on the eel side of the park, I'm quite happy with the second row. Happy to keep Dury in my squad as a mm. non-playing second rower. Um, and Russell on the right wing, not someone you'd look at initially because they do have quite a tough run. But once that draw opens up, he proved last year he's definitely capable of tries with that hat trick in the first half against the Titans until Jaden Campbell tried to kill him and his ribs. So maybe that's <laughs> you look at. Maybe that's someone I look at moving AJ down to eventually or someone along those lines, but definitely someone I wouldn't go near initially. No. Um, actually, in the write-up that I did for Teams Analysis, like a guy that stuck out was uh, Junior Polo. Polo. He's 526K front row forward. He played big minutes last week, and obviously it was a bit of a, uh, a bit of carnage going on with HIAs and injuries and that kind of thing in a golden point game. 65 minutes without the golden point is huge, and he averaged, I think, 48 last year. So obviously not going to get that every single week given the cavalry they've got to return. But if that's a sign of things to come in terms of where he sits in that rotation, a 10-point increase on last year at a minimum would be massive for this guy. 
who's surprisingly underpriced in my view. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah potentially. Kind of fell through. What worries me about Paulo, and a few people have said that they think Hopgood might not be a play after round four when Maddo comes back, but I think Maddo might affect those props more than the lock itself. Yeah, he might take 10 or so minutes off Hopgood, um, but I think Maddo playing that middle forward rotation probably affects Paulo and, and RCG more so than Hopgood. So I wouldn't really be looking at Paulo as a buy-in for that reason. I'm just and is that where Maddo is going to play? Is he? I thought you might look at him going back to the second row given the depth issues there. Uh, potentially. I think if Lane is back in time, they wouldn't look at it because Dory did play quite well. Uh, he only scored a 34 in Supercoach, but... It, watching the game, pure eye test and NRL wise, he was very effective. He was he was pretty relevant and ran. It was kind of, uh, I don't want to say he was exactly like him, but a bit Liam Martin esque, where it doesn't mm. translate to super coach, but he's very impactful. So I'd say Dory played himself into that spot pretty convincingly. And last year, Maddo off the bench for the Eels, playing in that prop rotation, was really really effective for them and got them to the grand final. Really, did bastards. Um, but yeah, I mean. In- <laughs> In my eyes, I think Paolo is a huge watch this week. I know you've mentioned the guys coming back and how that could affect him, but you know, in the right fitness, and you know, we've seen what he can do. At, and I think it's it's probably underpriced at this stage, but given yeah. some of the the poor performances in front row, I think he's definitely stood out. Despite the try, what 103 points take away the yeah. try? Oh, you know, his base is still incredible, but the minutes, I don't know if that's going to hold up as it was last week. But, you know, that's that's one I'm happy to wait and see and keep an eye on. But the second Friday game, uh, pretty interesting for yourself. Now, the only changes for both sides have been Walsh to fullback, Cobbo to the wing, Jesse Arthur's dropping out to 18th man. Uh, 1 to 17 stays the same for the Cowboys and everything else stays the same for the Broncos. How are you viewing this game as a Cowboys fan? Uh, look, I was a lot more uh, confident before the Broncos turned in what was probably one of their best performances in years last week against Penrith of all teams. So I thought they, as they did in the trials, stood up in defence. So yeah, not, definitely not going to be a, a walkover like it was last year at the same ground. So I'm actually going along with Wen and Rome, which is pretty dumb of me because the the man is a um, annoying Bronco fan. Uh, There's no such be, thing as a not annoying uh, Bronco fan. Well, there fan. you go. Actually, great call. Uh, but no, he's uh, although really big on the fins, so maybe he'll turn around by the end of the year. But in fairness, like this game, I think, yeah, Broncos are rightly favourites. I thought in terms of performances last week, they probably outdid us. And yeah, I mean, Cobbo on the wing and got Farnworth there. I think everyone undervalued him. When he returned, he looked brilliant last week. And yeah, it was a big part of why they uh, fell away last year being injured. So yeah, I, I can see a lot of points in the Broncos here, unfortunately, which, yeah. Not not I happy do. about, but one thing to watch out for is I believe there is quite a bit of rain expected Friday and Saturday in uh, Brisbane, so that could affect the Broncos Cowboys game as well as the Dolphins Raiders the next day. So just want to get, keep an eye on the weather radar um, the day of or the day before. Uh, that's one thing I'm just not 100 percent sure of mm. just yet. So could potentially affect any attacking output there. Could be another yeah. forward dominated game. So the likes of Carrigan, Haas, Cotter, very much, very much effective there. Yeah, I mean, I thought uh, in the write-up there, I was looking at captains for this game and, and definitely thought it would be in the forwards if you were to go anywhere near it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought the, in terms of last week for us, we had so much ball on their line. So the likes of um, yeah, Cotter and Robson and those kind of guys probably didn't do as much tackling as they would normally do. So I think there's definitely room for growth for both of them. So if that sort of shifts around to a 50-50 spot. But um, some that I was a little bit, 
not overwhelmed with or I thought were could have been better were Drinky, your boy, and Val Holmes. So there was a lucky try assist for oh, Val that, that kind that of helped. Not have been Val's try. <laughs> <laughs> really, should be on about 80. Well, that's it with two tries as well. I mean, I thought we fell away in the second half, but yeah, I would have thought there was a you know, scope for a lot bigger from both of those guys. Yeah, look, uh, it just shows the quality of them that despite Drinky yeah, scoring pretty low in the Supercoach uh, with the two tries, the fact he still got those two tries in those conditions and against a decently held up Raiders squad says a lot. And I think that just that it kind of shows that Scott Drinkwater isn't a one-year wonder and he's probably in for a big early season at the very least. So after this Broncos run, they do have a really, really great run up until about round 10, I think. Uh, that, uh, he could definitely be a pod player. So he, he could even be the one to bring in if Latrell's out and you own Turbo as well. Maybe you go the pod play of Drinky. I, I wouldn't take it over Teddy, but you know, if, if you really do favour the Cowboys here and think they are in for a big uh, run up until round 10, maybe a pod option you explore. Hmm. I mean, last thing I'll say on this game is that we conceded a try through the middle to Emre Gula last week, despite having all the ball... So having Payne Haas, Pat Carrigan running. Uh, if JTB's defending on the line again, yeah, see you later. There'll be points. Yeah, that's a rough one for sure. Hmm. Look, we'll move on from that one so you don't have to keep remembering the Emre Gula try from last week. We're moving on to the Saturday games. First up, we have Roosters Warriors. A few changes in this one and a few interesting ones. Uh, Manu's gone back to centre for Hutcho, or initially was Corey Allen. Fletcher Baker's been named to start at prop. Uh, that's kind of turned a few heads. Everyone was expecting Warrior Hargrave to start this week. Uh, a few names actually appeared in the team that I was a bit surprised at. The first was Victor Radley. Did not expect him to be named this week considering he failed his HIA and could barely stand up after he, after mm. he got knocked out there. And uh, Brandon Smith, the cheese. I, was surp- I don't know if I was surprised to see a name, but I wouldn't be entirely surprised if he dropped out of the team day before or day of just because he got absolutely rattled by Kafusi there. His ribs would be in agony. So, yeah, it's a bit uh, – again, I'm oh, sorry, I, I'm not 100% surprised to see him named, but I wouldn't be entirely surprised to see him drop out. So I would have a backup plan in place there for another reserve. Uh, Hutchison gone back to the bench, and the Warriors have named the same 1-17. to So Fletcher Baker to start at prop, that's the big one for me. Um, this Warriors team, that forward pack compared to the Roosters looks so much better. Hmm. That could be the real driving point here. It does. So, I mean, yeah, the JWH is a huge loss for them. I think um, they, they brought it up on 360 last night. Anecdotally, that their record without him is so much poorer uh, than with him. But, yeah, without anyone standing up for them last week, you saw um, what happened. Like, they just run at the, the halves, they run at the, the edges and um, go through, and no one stood up to Felice Kafusi. So, Fletcher Baker, he's got a huge task here against the likes of Tohu, AFB that are going to be running at him all game. So, I don't know. That's why everyone, you know, it's looking at Teddy, I think, and, and a bounce back for the Roosters. But no JWH, it's just giving me pause no, to... No Matt Lodge either. No Matt Lodge, yep. Crater in his face. So yeah. Joey Manu is a huge in. Uh, keen to see how he interacts with Teddy again this year. We saw what happened last year with all the runs and hit-ups he was taking, and they kind of worked in tandem. But how do you see that playing out without the forwards to back him up? I'm pretty sure Robbo has come out and said they won't be getting any roaming centres, so Suali'i or Manu, until they get their structure right first, which is absolutely fair enough. Like They have mm. to get the basics right first before allowing positions to roam freely. Um, so I think I think they will play a more structured game this week. 
I'm a bit confused by their bench. They've named Turpin and Hutcher on the bench with only White and Terrell May as the forwards. So I don't know if that 17 will stay the same. That's one I'd definitely keep an eye on an hour before. Uh, I'd, I'd be very, very surprised if they keep Turpin and Hutchison on the bench there because I don't know how the rotations will be, whether the Brandon Smith plays a lot more in the forward pack there with Turpin going in. Yeah, it's just I'm, I'm really confused by this team they're named. Warriors, on the contrary, though, same 1-17, to which I really like for them. They've kind of awarded the players last week another crack at it. Um, Jackson Ford, the big one, quite a big trade target this week. 280K, 59 points with about 45-ish, 40 to 50 in base and base attack. He's one that I am would look at trading Luke Garner down to, but I'm just not still 100% convinced he plays the 80 minutes with Josh Curran on the bench, who only played, I think, 20 minutes last week. Mm. And a player of Josh Curran's quality uh, is too good to play just 20 minutes off the bench for the Warriors. I think he will demand more minutes. So I just want to have a look at Ford one more week, potentially, to see he definitely gets that high-minute role. Uh, Tohu Harris, he's such a gun, and... Big props to Wilf here, who I think graded him an A on the Mega Guide. And he's pumped out about... He matched Payne Haas in just his base alone, I'm pretty sure, in round one. Yeah, I was I was surprised in some ways to see just how good Tohu was here. I thought, you know, we know what he can do. And he's had that role, you know, taken on a lot of the slack for the Warriors over the last couple of years and always involved. But... And for round one, pushing out 80 minutes at prop, lock, or, you know, he plays for the middle, whatever. Like, that's huge. It just shows the motor that this guy's got. Um, oh, absolutely. It doesn't hide away from anything. No, if there's one that got away from me in the year, it's or round one, it was not starting with him because I had him uh, throughout the year or preseason and just shied away a little bit at the end and thought he could not regress but just hold his, his sort of level. But he was so impressive against the Knights. So... One that unfortunately got away, but I think he'll be in a lot of sides if he can keep backing that up. Just Jackson Ford, though, I thought was surprised because I know we had um, uh, Anton on the pod here last week and he was very big on Nyokore and he ended up being the one subbed out for the 20-minute current, which I was surprised at. I thought, Yeah, that, that's what I'm way. concerned about because I would have thought as well that Nyokore, you know, the big money players come in from another club, like decent signing, whereas Jackson Ford wasn't making the 17 for the Dragons. Hmm. Um, Nyokore, like... You know, the, the big guy coming in would have demanded that big minute roll on the edge. That's why I'm not – my gut just says that I'm not 100% settled on forward being that big minute guy and that Curran will take minutes from one of them. And Neocora, to me, is the better player who should be playing the bigger minutes. So I think I do want to wait just the one week and see what the go is there. I did see uh, um, Sirinan, Bailey Sirinan, floating on the extended reserves as well. He's back from injury. So another one into that second row mix, although I don't expect that he'll you know, factor too much at this stage. But another one to consider. So Ford's, as we've said, spot not exactly sewn up. Um, some of these other guys, so Braden Williama actually got 48 last week, I thought was um, okay out there. He was He's that guy that I just steer well clear of every year because he's had such a poor track record i'm just trying to find you remember in the was it trial one marcelo montoya steamrolling the tigers and i said yeah. to you i think jokingly yeah lock him in he's a material uh was hoping for bigger but 38 points last I'm week pretty sure i said something along the lines of he's not an option and he's not great <laughs> well there you go so i think that might have i think that rings a bell 
Genius. So, yeah, trial form against the Tigers, probably not going to bode well. Although it looks to be all in base. So there you go. Marcelo, not quite living up to it for your 1.4% ownership tag. No, not at all. Um, why not? Definitely wouldn't go near. Uh, next game, Dolphins and Raiders in KO, the first game at KO Stadium for the year. Sell it. Oh, well, it's not high when you have 3,000 seats. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good 20k they'll fit them all in the, the pokey so machine i went to a few packed. games last year and the year before it does not look like 20k at all it looks like a couple of k at most mm. a couple of ko's yeah. there you go yeah. <laughs> uh not not a ton of changes in this game so not much to talk about mason teague uh comes onto the bench for ray stone i think has a knee issue but shouldn't be out long term really really like mason teague as an nrl player was part of the pen he was the guy behind hopgood who was behind yo he was the captain of that penrith uh sg ball side who won the premiership quality quality player great signing by the dolphins but not an option just yet will probably be the 2024 cheapie of the year um other than that there's no other changes surprised wallace got named after he only played 20 or so minutes last week but uh, maybe that's a decision that changes the day before or day of. Uh, for the Raiders on the other side of the field, um, Josh Papali'i not named. Everyone expected him to be back mm. in round two. It's probably good for Tarpany, in all honesty. Uh, should see some decent minutes, and the heat won't be as disastrous as Townsville's was. And Rapana now out for three weeks for a shoulder charge, I think it was, on Drinky. Yep. So Albert Hopawade comes onto the wing. So, again, not a lot of changes in this game. There's not really much to note on. There's very, very few super coach relevant players in this one. So besides the likes of Joe Tarpanay, Isaiah Katoa, I don't Jamal think Fogarty. Much... Well, <laughs> he's I'm, relevant. I'm, in I'm serious life. about super coach. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, I'll, yeah. I want to win it. Yeah, fair call. Um, but no, like I was keen to see what happened with Papa Lee coming back and whether it meant Tarpanay would go to lock as we all suspected. I mean, it don't, doesn't really change a hell of a lot for him, but... Uh, yeah, just keen to see where that would end up. And I know CHN, Harawi Renata, has that spot now, but last week he played on the edge with Whitehead playing through the middle on a large part of that game. So, again, not sure really why they bother naming them there if they're not going to play there. But, um, yeah, for me, I think Tarpanay in a, what could be a wet game, as you said, um, it should get a, through a hell of a lot more work. So keen to see how he goes. Um, yeah. we'll get, I don't want to touch on the Dolphins guys too quickly because I think they'll feature into the trade-ins and outs that we'll get into later. But, I mean, there was a, a fair bit to love last week about them. Any regrets not owning many? Or any? No, not, I, I, I've said this to a fair few people and I even said it to you before the podcast. I think that was their grand final. Hmm. Certainly was, but you, yeah, try telling that to a few super coaches that are making some, uh, yeah, pretty wild trades. Yeah, I'm looking I, forward. I, I really look looking forward to this game. I think you could go. It's one of those things. I like, flip a coin. I have no idea which teams are going to turn up. Well, that's it. Like Dolphins could produce the same as last week, but it's whether or not the Raiders do. Because I'm not entirely convinced the Dolphins won that game. I feel like the Roosters lost that themselves. Mm. Just so many errors and. So many silly mistakes they're making. Like, like I said before, they completed at sixty-two percent. How often does that really happen? No, not at all. They, yeah, it was frustrating for the Roosters fans there, but other than that, fins up. Absolutely, fins up. Uh, so the final game on the Saturday: Storm and Dogs uh, down in Melbourne. So Storm have come out with, yeah, it's a bit of an odd side. The name Xavier Coates, who everyone expected out to uh, to be out one to two weeks. Another one I'm not buying. So 
Yeah, this is a tough one. I don't know what the go is there. Grant Anderson's been named as 18th man, so I would expect him to actually be on the wing and Xavier Coates drop out either the day before or day of. So if you're like me and a Xavier Coates owner, you have him in as a starter, but have a backup plan. So a player playing afterwards like a Talau or Cam Pereira or even Warbrick if you're not playing him initially, uh, just ready to sub in. So definitely will be uh, active on Styles' Twitter there. Torrin Wisher jumps in for the injured Cam Munster uh, into the six. And other than that, I, I think it's just Aaron Penne to the bench, and that's the only change. Mm. Bulldogs completely unchanged, the 1-17. to 17. Looks like they're the, – Seraldo's kind of playing it safe with the same 17, giving them another crack at the whip. Uh, Bulldogs mm. really terrible last week. Do you, any glimmer of hope for them going into the Melbourne game in Melbourne? I mean, the fact that the Storm played a golden point game, maybe that ties them out and, you know, no Munster kind of helps as well. No Pappenhausen, uh, no Tarek Sims. I thought it was a interesting omission. I know a lot of people just assumed he would be back in round two, but that kind of holds well for uh, Loyero and Katoa. So, yeah, I mean, it, for me, this is the Bulldogs' big chance to turn it around. Although I remember, was it last year against the the Storm where they got absolutely annihilated or was it the year before? Yeah, no, that's when Pappy scored like 197 in round four, I believe. Yep. So, for a I second mean, year in a row. Horrible memories for the, the doggies so far to turn it around. The big guy, Matt Burton, what a huge game for him. Uh, probably not used to this level of criticism given he's had a pretty good run over the last few seasons, premierships, origins, and uh, doing okay things for the dogs last year, but it was diabolical last week. Yeah, this guy think, that was disappointing in the side, he's capital D. Oh, that whole side was just... That whole left side as well, especially, was just awful. There was no proper decision-making. They they're giving it to kick out a kick on fifth tackle. Hmm. So it looks like Burton, who kicked it out uh, the set before, kicked it out before the set before, just panicked and threw it to kick out, who just really was in a world of his own and, and kicked it out in the full. So, Are you yeah. playing him this week, if you have him? Matt Burton? Hmm. Um, I mean, it's all sending him to the moon. <laughs> sending him to the moon. Would not look at him ever again. I've got him no, in. Maybe not ever again, but I wouldn't. I would not have him in my team. I've got him in. I just think the storm, tired legs, dogs, embarrassed. Uh, good coach at the helm now, supposedly. So yeah, if they're going to turn it around, eighteen points last week for Burton. He owes me. So on that oh, basis, you know, he could double it. That's pretty he could good for him. could and wouldn't that be you know a hundred percent return on your initial investment? Love that. Um, for the Storm, there are a couple of Supercoach relevant players here. So Nick Meany at fullback, he had a great game last week, pretty much in Team of the Week contention, I'd say, uh, and scored a try for it and was just super involved. So I was really impressed by what I saw from him. Uh, Will Warbrick and Xavier Coates in the wing, both fairly decent base, I'd say. Remus Smith, a bit of a nothing game. Jerome Hughes did absolutely nothing all game, still managed a mid-40 score. And if you're like myself, you didn't buy Hughes for that first round fixture against the Eels. You bought him for this week onwards. Uh, the, the props, Christian Welch, great game from him. Had the offload out and was just getting through so much work. Harry Grant, the best hooker in the game. Don't need to say much more. Eli Katoa, I thought he didn't play that well, but he actually came out with a mid-50 score after updates for the Storm. So if you're an owner for Eli Katoa, you absolutely take that and you would be very, very happy to keep him in your side and play him for the foreseeable future, I'd say. You would be, unless you picked him over Hopgood last week. But anyway, uh, yeah, I thought <laughs> he I thought he was not setting himself up for success given he what an early penalty and maybe a drop ball. I thought Craig Bellamy could take this guy off immediately, but thankfully pushed out the 80 minutes and 
gets another crack at it this week. I think, as you said, 54 and a, what wasn't a great effort bodes well for him. And chance yeah. for attacking stats against the Dogs this week. What do they concede? 30-odd. Sure. And they're going to get right so much more with no Munster. They pretty much mm. have to rely on Jerome Hughes to create there. And I think Ellie Katoa and Will Warbrick will reap the benefits of it. Um, another one for the Storm to touch on is Josh King, who just absolutely was incredible. He was Hopgood-esque, you could almost say. Mm. Uh, huge, huge point to the back. Played the full game. I don't. I wouldn't consider him a buy just because we don't know what Sims' role is going to be coming back, as well as Kamakamitha coming back in a few weeks' time. His minutes probably drop off quite dramatically. He might still play 60 minutes, but if he's only playing 60 minutes, I wouldn't say he's a buy just because of his output from there. But, God, he was impressive. He very, was. Very silky little ball at the line, but how often is that going to happen for what is usually a meat and potatoes, Josh King? Absolutely. That's why I wouldn't look at him as a buy, but you know we, we can appreciate his play from the sidelines as a round one score. Give him the woo. Give him the woo soundbite. You haven't used <laughs> the bar yet. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been pretty quiet on the soundbites. Let me... uh. The, the this one. No, no, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a hard task, isn't it? That hosting desk. Oh, oh, oh did you see? Yep, I, that'll do. It'd be really handy if all these sound bites had titles on them, <laughs> aren't they? Oh, there you go. It's the luck of the draw. I was hoping you land on the cowboy man song. Oh, there, there we is. go. There it is. Hey, well up. done, Josh King. Round one hero. That's it. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the Sunday game, we have the Mighty Tigers and Lakey's Knights. So definitely, if you, oh, yeah, we're cracking open another oh, one. Sorry, I was just uh, emulating what I assume both Tigers and Knights fans are going to be doing on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday morning. One. So they're asleep by <laughs> Saturday o'clock. night. Saturday night. <laughs> Mornings. So, Coruscant named a start. Um, a lot of people are saying he should have started the last game, should have played 80 minutes. He was returning from injury. It's all good. He's starting this week and he should be playing a lot more minutes um, they have Offahengawi to start at 13. I think it was named to start last week, but they moved towards was, lock yeah. an hour before. Seafarth uh, comes onto the bench for Fanua Pole, who has a knee issue, I want to say. I think I saw that on Twitter. Uh, on the other side of the park, Gagai comes back onto the centers. Heimel Hunt has been named to play, but Marzu is creeping on him in the reserve, so one to watch there if you are a Hunt owner or potential Marzu owner. Frizzell named, uh, I think there should be enough time given HIA protocols, but he did fail his HIA quite early in the game, didn't look too well. And the big one I noticed, Adam Elliott out completely, not even in the extended bench, and Jack Johns comes on to the interchange for him. Um, I think he's got a groin issue already. Yeah, well, he had that going into round one. He played the second trial, played decent minutes around one. Did he re-aggravate it? I don't remember seeing that in the game itself. Well, I mean, you could say a few things about Adam Elliott and his groin and history, but we probably won't. But no, uh, yeah. <laughs> Poor Millie. Poor Millie. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, no, I think um, probably a yeah, short-term thing. I thought Adam Elliott um, was one to keep an eye on this year. I know he, he played pretty fantastically for the Raiders in an unexpected role last season, so I was keen to see how he went. But if it's a lingering issue, you just scratch him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, given he was on the bench last week, I wouldn't imagine too many started with him, but given mm. he's out, I would look to flip him. Maybe for an Eli Katoa, someone along those lines. Yep. Maybe a T. Wilton. There you go. You're, you're a non-boy. That's now that Graham's it. gone, he is your boy. <laughs> no Jack Johns. No Jack Johns. No Jack Johns. 
There's a couple of Tigers that are super coach relevant. So obviously Tommy Talao, pretty heavily owned. Look, it was his first game in 18 months. I'm happy to give him the benefit of the doubt and keep him in my squad for this week. I wouldn't look to panic trade him at this stage. Give him another crack at the whip. Knights aren't fantastic defensively, especially on their edges. Adam Dewey could put him over. Um, speaking of the great man, Adam Dewey, potential captain option this week, I'd say. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I definitely have him up there for that. Stefano Uto Ikamanu named a start again. I wouldn't be surprised if his output grows a little bit with Appy named a start. So if you've got Stefano as your second front rower, I would hold for this week and give him another another option there or another another chance, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, what, he's got a break even of 23 because he's priced so low. So despite a score of 38 not being ideal, and you probably played him like I did, yeah, uh, he's, he's going to make some cash and hopefully that roll. Can't go any worse than last week, I think. A name that you haven't mentioned, mate, Brent Naden. Moved to the left. I didn't expect that. Tommy Talao on the right. All the ball went down Naden's side. 200 metres. He picked up a knee injury, which I'm concerned about, with two centres on the extended reserves. But 50-odd points, well-beaten side. The ball hog, Brent Naden, coming through with the goods. And you can hold Brent Naden because you're probably the only one. Ah, uh, no, he was up at, like, I think 2% ownership, 3%. There you so go, you're, 3, so you're brainwashing the Supercoach community like you did with Fogarty. I basically said, don't go to Lau and go Brent Naden instead, pod, yeah. and likely to get the ball more. And he did. So I'm going to take that to the bank. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. Well, you can hold Naden. That's fine. You can well, hold actually, Naden and Fogarty. genuinely thought he looked pretty good out there, despite not scoring or, or whatever. The fact he's getting the ball for Supercoach, I don't care what Tigers fans say. They probably didn't like it because he was a black hole for anything good, but... I thought, yep, yeah, if he gets 51 in base every week, lock him in. I think no, he had a line break enough. in there, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's it. And, and up against Gagai this week, Gagai is an absolute turnstile on defense. Yep, there you go. Fresh from injury as well. Brett Naden, lock him in. 150 points, our first for the year. <laughs> well, speaking of 150 points, Kalen Ponga named at the six again. <laughs> um, he, he could go decently this week. Tigers were fairly disappointing last week, and Knights... Like I said before with the Warriors, they are a tough matchup when they are in New Zealand. Uh, now Knights back in Australia, they could perform a little bit better. And Ponga was fairly promising. So if he can stay healthy and you know keep his head away from contact, he, he could be in for a decent score here. Um, Daniel Saifidi, uh, for his first game of the year, I'll take 52 and just base. I'll take that all day of the week. I expect Jaden Braley to put him over for a try over the next few weeks. Uh, there's not really much more to say about this game. Um, anything you want to touch on before we move on? No, I mean, I thought last week would have been a points fest and the Tigers scored, what, two tries. So they need to do something big at Leichhardt here. Or as my Timmy the Tiger mate said, the fans will completely disappear. Yeah, and fair enough, I would too. Well, hmm. speaking of fans disappearing, uh, the Dragons, Titans. So fair, f- oh, I wouldn't say a bit of movement in the Dragons, but it's all movement. The there's so many changes here that I'm not happy with or so many uh, players named that I'm really not happy with as a Dragons fan. Sloan at fullback, happy he's getting that shot there. I think he deserves it. Um, very unfortunate with Cody Ramsey out for the season, but Sloan, he looks like a goer. Um, I'm happy to give the young man a chance. Uh, Fee and I, Suli, Lomax, Ravalawa, pretty stock standard uh, back line for us. Jaden Sullivan at the six, but I think the news came out earlier today or yesterday that they weren't thinking of keeping Sullivan there with Talatau Amon now on the no stand down. He's back in the squad. He's actually named mm. in the extended reserves as well. Saw that. So I guess he's back up standing. Yeah. So Jaden Sullivan probably moves to 14 and then goes to the Dolphins next year. 
Is that right? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought I had a quick look at Sullivan and he was, what, 300K thereabouts? And you got Tyler yeah. Sloan there. So you got some cheap guys kind of getting around. Absolutely. Um, speaking of cheap guys, Moses and Byers, our starting hooker. There you go. So look at that. How many actually, shocking. while you keep reading the players, I'll uh, actually get you. How many owners do you reckon Moses and Byers has currently? Uh, I want to say 1% too many. Okay, well, I'll have a look for that while you rattle off the rest of the team. Absolutely. Well, Blake Laurie and Francis Muller are starting props. Ben murdoch Masilla on the edge. Uh, quite a few people started with him last week and we'll be going to him this week with you know, Franklin Pelle not performing. I'm a bit too nervous to go Ben murdoch Masilla. Um, all the talk has been that he will be the edge, but Jack Bird has been named at lock and Jack DeBellin out injured. We don't know what Hook's decision will be next week. I don't think he knows what the team will be next week. They could move Jack Bird back to second row, Murdoch Masilla to the bench, and uh, Jack DeBellin at lock. So I would be waiting until round four for Ben Murdoch Masilla to bring him in uh, as a second row, front row option. If he's still named a second row by that point, then there's so much value in him there. I'd definitely bring him in. A bench is not a whole lot to say, really. It's pretty terrible. Uh, Titan side of the field, they've named Kieran Foran. This is a mm, kind of Xavier Coates play uh, where I don't think either of them will play this week. Like they, no, they can't yeah. win two to four weeks. And you, know, you looked at him, at him and his history and all that, and you just thought, okay, Foran's out for a couple of weeks now. But miraculously in that side, I think Toby Sexton in the 21 jersey is a ready-made replacement. So if he's the, still there come, what is it, Saturday, 24-hour mail, first scratchings, then, yeah, I'd be worried. But I think more so for Fafita than no one owns Kieran Ford. Oh, I think I heard, uh, I'm in a fair few Supercoach chats, and one of them, a guy I was listening to, I want to say it was SEN or some radio station, and they said that they were thinking about Jaden Campbell going into the six. Holbrook okay. or someone in the Titans camp said uh, Campbell to the six. All right, so they're not going to muck around with uh, Brimson at the back and just keeping him there. Fair enough. Yeah, well, I, I don't know how much uh, weight there is behind it, but. It wouldn't be the the weirdest thing Holbrook's done. No, I mean, I would have thought an easy placeholder move would be to move Brimson and, and put Campbell at the back. But if they're, you know, happy to stick with that, then, yeah, good on the Titans. What would you make of, um, actually, before we go on, Moses M by 2,200 owners. So oh, there you go. 2% of people have started with this guy despite the buyer. So they're keen on the cheap hooker. There you go. That's um, an autofill. That's an autofill team. Well, there you say that he'll probably come out and score three tries now. What did you make <laughs> of Dave? Really what did you make of Dave Fafita moving to the left? Uh, ah. We thought that might happen with Bofoma being out, but I thought that uh, might just be the key to unlocking him. Yeah, look, if Foreign was definitely playing, he's a great option. He would unlock him absolutely through and through. Uh, I don't see Fafita as a buy though, regardless if Foreign plays or not this week. If you started with him, great. He's an absolute hold. But if you don't own him and you have a pod there, um, I wouldn't be going to Fafita because, yeah, he has the good matchup this week, but I don't think Foreign plays. And he has the Cowboys and Storm the next two games before the buy. I, like myself, would look towards here buying him that round six mark where they run where the run for the Titans really opens up. Would it surprise you to know that his 17 hit-ups last week were equal with his highest from last season? There you One go. Round. So that move, generally, I thought, I looked at his score and I didn't see the second half, but looked at it at halftime, what, 60, finished on 80, and I thought that's classic for Peter. But then you go and see he's actually done a hell of a lot more work than he would normally do. So I think that move, despite signing the contract midweek, that's a bit of a, a downer because you, you kind of like these guys to be on their, on their toes. But 
Yeah, I thought that move immediate impact in terms of output didn't lead to a huge super coach score, but uh, the I mean, signs are good. That. You will absolutely mm. take that. Yeah, for sure. Well, other than that, I, I think that pretty much wraps up teams for round two. Um, and I think we'll have a quick look at the most traded in and traded out players for this week. Uh, just bring them all up now. This. Can we just start with the ones. number one, Jermaine Osaka traded in. 11,300 trades as of Tuesday night. And I am as not stunned, but not saddened, but just surprised. Well, yeah. Okay. I, I kind of get it, but I never thought I'd see Jermaine Osako, number one most popular trade in after round one. Here we are. Yeah. Look, that that's hugely rushed. Um, the Dolphins, everyone expected them to be near the bottom this year. And like I said, I think that was the grand final. I would 1 million percent be waiting a week on the likes of Azarko and fourth most traded in Hammer uh, before deciding to bring them in. So you'd want to see them play this week and back up that performance. That was probably a career high in base for Hammer as well as getting the try. I was shocked to see him that involved because his biggest criticism, and I wrote this in the article today, is that he was very passive back at the Cows spot even when he was at fullback. Uh, we all know what happened when he moved to the bench. That is what it is. But when he was at fullback, kind of just nipping every now and again. On mm. Sunday, how good did he look? Like taking the line on, running the ball. I think he ran it 20-something times, which is unheard yeah. of for him. So combine a base stat game with the, his ability to bust tackles. We all knew that. I just thought heading into the season, it's going to be the same old, same old, a bit tentative. But he looked good. If you were going to go either of them, go the hammer. But I'm with you. Wait one more week. Yeah, absolutely. And I am on that with CNK as well. Great game from him, very involved defensively and scored the try, but he also was versing the Knights at home. He's got in his next nine games, seven or uh, seven of those nine games are against top six teams from last year. Mm. That is awful for him and the Warriors, except unless you're Tohu Harris. Yeah, I mean, the price is right again for him as it is for the Hammer, but... Like you said, if you've got a you know decent center wing and high price and all that kind of thing, those guys are high price for a reason. I don't think CNK is going to ever reach great heights in the side he's in. Sorry to Warriors fans. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. It's not someone to look to trade in unless he scores another try this week, probably. And mm. against the Roosters in Sydney, it's a lot less likely than uh, people are probably expecting. How's this um, one? Lucky Ilias. I, I was just about to say the one I want to <laughs> highlight here is the number seventh most traded man. Uh, Lockie Ilias, I don't like it. Don't um, like uh, it. Well, yeah, again, it's it's that thing. He, they shifted to the right last week and it looked great and Ilias did as well defensively and in attack. It's it's a one-game sample size, but, you know, he backs it up this week. Absolutely. Have a have a look, but going cold hard after one round, probably um, just Kui Jets. Yeah, look, I'm just looking at the people um, that have tra- the, the players most traded out for Ilias. So Tanner Boyd currently leads that. And I don't know why you'd flick Tanner Boyd to Ilias. Tanner Boyd has the Dragons this week and he's goal kicking against them. If you have Tanner Boyd, you started with him for a reason. Yeah, it's almost like a what did you expect kind of scenario. Yeah. I mean, it's Tanner Boyd. Um, you know, he's got utility value and he goal kicks and all of that. So, you know, there's those points there. He's at a 35 last week, wasn't involved heavily. Did get a try assist though, surprisingly. Um, but, you know, well, like you've, as you said, brought him in for a reason. Don't burn a trade after one round to an Ilias yeah. who could easily go 35 himself this week. Absolutely. Then there's a few mainstays that people are buying that 
I don't want to say they should have started with, but that most people started with the likes of Adam Dewey and Jermaine Hopgood. Uh, they they definitely should be in your team come round two. I'd say like they uh, great captaincy options, great base players, and players that will be pinnacle part of your seventeen week in week out. Yeah, particularly Hopgood given that price and and what we saw out of him in yeah. that first round. Number ten, Sonny Luke. I thought um, you know, good effort against the Broncos. What admittedly was a very tired. Defensive line, so naturally the guy as live wire as he is is going to benefit off of that. But again, another one you say it every time, just hold off one more week. He's not going to yeah, rise in well, price. So I personally wouldn't be looking to bring him in until after his buy. Um, there's still no confirmation that he's playing fifty plus minutes each week. Just give it a give it a couple of weeks. Hold cheese for that run. Hmm. Oh, that's exactly right. I forgot entirely about the buy. So he's not actually going to see a price rise until round well, after round four. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm, good call. Um, sure. cool. We'll look at the trade outs here. The top most traded out player, uh, currently Cam Munster. And like we talked about before, he does have the injury. It's two to four weeks. Could be back earlier. It's a bit of a gray area. We don't 100% know. So I personally agree with the decision to trade him out. There are a few options to trade him out too that we've talked about. And I will touch on in tomorrow's buy, sell, hold article as well. Uh, a couple of key ones, uh, Ponga, Dewey, um, if you can flip them around, maybe a Harry Grant with the jewels. But yeah, one to um, I, I would probably look at other options for, followed by Matt Burton. And as an owner yourself, I, I've said I would 100% trade him out, never never look at him again until you know he's kind of proven otherwise. What are you doing with Matt Burton this week? Got to hold. You got to trust your gut. You went with him for a reason. We saw what he did last year. Yeah, Sunday or Saturday was a bit of a write-off. For, for him, this dog side has been talked about all off-season. Like, there's something brewing there. It didn't happen last week. You've got to think he turns it around. What would he have to score for you to keep him this week? I mean, look, he's priced at 600K, but it's in a pretty poor position. So I think against, um, yeah, and especially with the likes of Munster out, but then you look at Cody Walker, terrible. Dylan Brown, terrible last week. Like, no one really excelled. That is, well, is that Ponga. Oh, yeah, right. But might be gone. <laughs> a slight gust of, of wind. But, you know, you look at Burton, like I think longer term in this game, you see him over a season. He, he's surely a 60-plus point kind of player, 65 even. So I think one of those guys I've got in because he's safe, he's got goal kicking, all that sort of stuff. As we said, horrible round one. It can't go worse. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the next four players that are the most traded out, so three to six, I or I own all of them. So Brandon Smith, Tommy <laughs> Talao, Khan Pereira, Luke Garner. Now, I don't agree at all with the top three there, Brandon Smith, Talao, and Khan Pereira. I say you yep. hold all those guys. Um, I'll speak a bit about a few of them tomorrow on Buy, Sell, Hold and my thoughts on those specifically. Luke Garner, I'm 50-50 on myself, so I definitely understand the decision to sell him. I'm on the fence whether or not I hold him this week. I can't say for certain whether he'll be in my side come Thursday night. Um, so, yeah, uh, look, I completely understand that one. But the first three, I would look at holding for this round at the very, very least. 100% agree. And I think for Garner, you give him one more week. If he doesn't play 80 minutes and Jamin Salmon comes on again, I'd turf him. Did not. Yeah, uh, yeah that's that's just not super coach material. Sean Bloor, number seven, I thought, unlucky with the HIA. John Bateman's a weird one, though. Like, how far away is he? I we think all thought he said that he's two. back next week, possibly, but yeah. at the very latest, round four. Yeah, but even then, Sean Law starting, you might even play him this week. So if you can hold <laughs> off, and he's 230K. So, I mean, look, like, what are you getting out of that trade? I don't know. Well, that's it. He's lined be... up against Fitzgibbon and Pongo this week. Yeah, 
So there you go. Good chance at a, uh, well, hopefully keeps healthy. Hayes Perham and Adokar. I mean, Adokar is a surprising one that people own him, but um, yeah. Perham, again, any dog, I think you just yeah forget last week. We've talked about it. I mean, Adokar was 11, about 12% owned um, after mm. last round. I was really surprised he's that high. Like he should not have been that high. The Bulldogs don't have a great run to start the season. Um, he's not a proven super coach scorer, even in that, uh, incredible Melbourne side in 2021. He still didn't score that great for how good a player he really is NRL-wise. But Hayes Perham, I definitely agree with. Um, he didn't score amazingly first round, uh, but no, none of the Bulldogs did. He still almost doubled Matt Burton. Yeah, well, that's it. And how bad did Matt Burton go? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a, for Adokar, like it's against the old club. So imagine if he's going to get... the yeah, you know, decent base. It's going to be here because he's going to want to take runs and all that. And they've got a point to prove. So I see a decent bounce back for them this week. For sure. Um, that look, that's the probably the most top traded out players for the week. Now, in regards to your squad and and who you're thinking for round two, do you have any trades on the mind or any that you have currently set in your side? No, none for this week. I think we spoke about it. Just remain calm despite the bad week and uh, reassess next week. You've got the boost in case you need to make a lot of. Clean out move. So I think for this week, another chance to just bide your time and see what happens. So holding fire. Yeah. No, look, I'm, I want to be in the same boat. The only one I'm potentially considering is Ghana to Ford, but I've said my reservations on that so far. Um, other than that, I, I do agree. I don't 100% like the idea of using a boost early. I do think they will be most effective over the buy period and after the last buy. So getting mm. that final team correct for the major run home. But obviously getting your team right at the beginning of the season is still super important. So there is a bit of a luck factor involved. And if you do need to use the boost, you have to use the boost. Yep. Use in case of emergency, I think is the key. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so no trades really for either of us unless I go Garner to Ford. But captaincies for this week, who do you have in mind? Oh, look, I was tempted to go Teddy just to on that whole bounce back factor. But I think Adam Dewey in a pretty terrible side last week. The fact he got 90 against the Knights this week at Leichhardt. Again, we, we're talking about these sides having bounce backs. I think he, they're due one. And mm-hmm. uh, hopefully a healthy Coruscant. There'll be more points on the offering. So I'm keen to go Dewey. Uh, maybe just vice-captain um, Teddy against the Warriors in case and find a way to, to loop him if I can. But yeah, I'm keen for that Arvo exact game. same lineup. I have Teddy VC, Dewey C. My only issue is that I don't have an option to loop if Teddy goes massive because my only player not playing this round is Tom Drabojevic. So I would potentially have to look at moving someone if uh, uh, if Teddy does go like 150 plus, but the likelihood is that he won't and Dewey's probably my captain this round. Yeah, well, I'll just move Sean Kepi in for the mighty Utoi Kamanu and be well, done just, with it. So. Xavier Coates doesn't play then. Well, there you go. Well, <laughs> maybe blessing in disguise. But no, I like him having that loop option. Feels good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, look, that that's... That's going to be all for our round two Supercoach report. Uh, just before we finish up, I would like to thank everyone for buying the Mega Guide. We did manage to raise just over $500 for the Movember charity, which is very close to all our hearts. So thank you all very much for buying it. Um, we do appreciate it. A lot of work goes into it. So again, massive shout out to Lakey, who is the heart and soul of that. And, yep. uh, you know, it takes so much time. Oh, thank, thank you, guys. Good on you. Thank you. Thank the thank live you studio audience have woken up. That's it. Thank you all for uh, listening in. Um, are you back this weekend for the weekly roundup? Oh, yeah. It depends where I'll be on Sunday. If the Broncos win, I might not turn up for a while, but 
Uh, if the Cowboys win also, I might not turn up. So who knows? Uh, yeah, it'll be a mystery. You might hear me, you might not. Well, that's Keep it. One of us will be here Sunday night, Monday morning, getting ready for that uh, weekly roundup. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, keep up with us on the socials. We'll be around Twitter, Instagram, and we look forward to seeing you next week when we're back to Top 1K. Yeah, you got a yee-haw, mate. You're the host. Oh, you want me to yee-haw? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that the JT outro? It is. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> Playing the full song. Well, I like pain, like I said. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.